You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts, and our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina, and we've got a great program for you today, folks. The last program of the year, Lisa Regal from AARP North Carolina is back with us for the final time as Manager of Advocacy and Livable Communities. She joins with us to share with us her observations and her reflections heading into retirement after years of working in the community and in the state house. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we begin with a little discussion here, a little chit-chat with my partner in crime, our esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you, sir? Mike, I am honored that I get to spend the last day of the year with you, but even more honored that you brought in Lisa for the last show because <laughs> she's been such a, a joy on this program and so informative that uh, I'm happy that we get to close one one chapter here with her. I agree completely, and it is it is very bittersweet for sure. On one hand, we're very happy and proud of her being able to retire. Uh, a lot of folks can't do that, but to do it on such a high note, and yeah, to spend the last day of the year here with us. Uh, here in the studio. Um, before we bring her into the discussion, though, Jason, uh, got to say the end. Can you believe it is the end of 2023? Where in the world did this year go? It's flown by. It's wild. It, I mean, it just feels like this year has just completely zipped by. It's one of those things where you read like the top stories from like January or February, and it feels like that was five years ago. Mm. It's it's amazing how quickly it's gone, right? Anything stand out to you as you look back on the year? Uh, anything that's been has hopefully a good year for you overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, uh, the birth of a, a, a child, so it's been a, an eventful year. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that's, of course kind of stands <laughs> out for me. It's a little bit different for me, but um, you know, locally here, it's it's just been uh, interesting. It's kind of been nice the, the quiet before the storm before election season really ramps up. That I guess that's what I'm enjoying. Well said, indeed. I have to say, as we get into the end of the year here. I've had a lot of opportunity just to reflect um, with, with colleagues. You know, we, we um, a number of other ARP state office staff got together recently in Phoenix, and we were talking about, you know, what this year has been with us. And it's always great for us to get together and, you know, kind of talk shop, so to speak. But when you get to the end of the year, it's a bit special because, um, especially this year, because it's like the first quote-unquote post-COVID year, right? Back in person, doing things kind of normally. But, you um, uh, to be at the end of the year looking back um, at, at everything we've been able to accomplish. And I, and I have to say, just folks, just so you're all aware, um, ARP North Carolina really has had quite a banger of a year getting out into the community. You know, a lot of people think different things about AARP, even our members. You know, they're not even sure. They're like, okay, we're, you know, are we a is ARP a membership organization? We're a nonprofit. Are we an, an, an insurance company? You know, what is it? A discount group? What is it? Well, we are a nonprofit 501c4. Um, we do also have a C3 uh, charitable foundation, the ARP Foundation, which runs things like our tax aid program. Um, and then we also have a lot of people see the commercials on TV for things like you know, different vendors that are endorsed by ARP. Um, ARP doesn't own any of that. Uh, we do have a taxable subsidiary that 
uh, called ARP Services Incorporated that um, ARP, the nonprofit, owns and they, they make those, um, those, those uh, partnerships work. And that does help fund um, a great deal of the work that we're able to do uh, throughout the country and including here in North Carolina. And I have to say, Jason, just so you know, um, in terms of looking at the numbers, and this does not include ARP Tax Aid, which is run by the foundation, or the Driver Safety Program of ARP, but just the programming and activities, volunteer activities alone that ARP North Carolina did this year, we're around 450 for the year. That's huge. It's it's massive. Um, when you think about that, um, most of these events and activities were volunteer-led. That's volunteers taking the lead, getting support from staff, but surveying their community, getting a sense as to what is needed. If it's you know educational workshops on this topic or that topic, if it's helping another organization with volunteer service on different projects that are going on, if it's working with the city council or other local officials to help make their community more livable for people of all ages and abilities. You know, it's us. Stepping up into that space. And I mentioned this. So again, people who think they've got these different ideas about, you know, what is ARP as an organization and so forth? What do we actually do out in the community? We do a lot. We do a lot. Um, and uh, I know New Year's is a time of the year for a lot of people, Jason, to think about, you know, what do I want to do differently next year? You know, New Year's resolutions. And for a lot of people, especially older people, they look at where they spend their volunteer time, right? And I want to encourage our listeners out there, uh, reach out to us. If you have any interest at all in making an impact in your community in a different way, in a way you haven't done before, reach out to ARP, learn a bit about our volunteer programming, um, and see what kind of fit we can find between your natural interests and your abilities and your skills and what it is we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to make North Carolina the best place to live for people of all ages and abilities. And of course, we're talking about in community, at the local level where real life happens. That's where we need you. So send us an email, AARP without limits at aarp.org. We'll be happy to send you out information about our various volunteer opportunities, and you can be part of the success that we'll be celebrating at this time next year when we talk about, I'm sure, doing even more than 500 events uh, throughout the Tar Heel State. Um, Jason, we got to get to our guest here now. I'm really excited to talk to to Lisa uh, Regal, um, who's our manager for for livable communities and advocacy here at ARP North Carolina. Uh, She's going to be uh, retiring soon. And this year of 2023, I have to say, so much of the success that we are enjoying as a team is due to uh, Lisa's uh, strategic leadership, um, her hard work, um, and her commitment to making life better for, for people. So, Lisa, thank you so much for being here with us once again at ARP Without Limits. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Nice to be here again. You have been on the show several times now, and we've always focused on your work, uh, specifically when it comes to things like working with the state legislature or working with communities to help us age in place better. But we haven't gotten into you all that much. So as you're literally days away <laughs> from, from your retirement, let's wind the clock back, Lisa, if we could. Tell us a bit about your upbringing, your background, and ultimately what got you to AARP. Yeah, thanks. I took a very circuitous route, but when I tried to use the word upbringing, so I looked back and 
The only thing I can point to is my father's demonstration of the importance to give back to community, that money and making a lot of money is not the most important, but making things better for everyone is. You know, a lot of my fellow lobbyists, they grew up with parents that did a lot of political campaigning. Their parents were maybe even an elected official or an, or, um, an appointed official, but that's not where I came from. So I, I don't have that advantage of that political savvy, but I do have that desire to give back and make, make things better. Um, and I'll just give you an example of what I mean by that. My dad, instead of getting a really fancy car in his midlife crisis, he decided he wanted to make the schools better. I grew up in inner city Philadelphia, uh, and the public schools were terrible, especially the middle schools. They were even rough. So he worked on a project for a couple years to get the most state-of-the-art facility, with even with an in-girl swimming pool and the best teachers. And so that, that was, I saw him giving back. Now, I just have to let you know that that I, in my mind, it was not a success because what I found and being PTA president for probably five years during middle school years, it's not the facility. It's not even how great the teachers are. What the kids need is food, nutrition, coats, supplies, and of course, parents at home that help teach them. So, and, you know, my dad had the greatest intentions, but sometimes that's not enough. <laughs> it's amazing to hear you started out that way. The, the, the just looking at your parents and having that that role model and as you say as one who's been through midlife crises himself uh, and has spent a little too much money on cars myself (laughs) hearing uh, you frame it that way does strike a chord with me Um, and then also that commitment to understanding what the needs are of kids for example and seeing you know when you strip away all the other distractions out there, um, sometimes it's just about the basics, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just about being honest in your assessment as to, to what is actually uh, needed there. So that's, that, that's fascinating to see how, how you got that start here on this path. Now, working in this space uh, that we call livable communities, and of course this started with you before you were with AARP, you've seen a lot of change, I'm sure, here in the state. What, what changes uh, has North Carolina gone through that stand out to you the most? So in the last couple of years, what I think, there's three things, and part of it is because of COVID, uh, looking at broadband and seeing that the inter- access to the internet is really, rather than an amenity or a nice to have, I think many of us have come to realize that it's infrastructure, essential infrastructure. So big changes adding that connectivity through the internet and broadband and making people realize that it's um, kind of an essential infrastructure. I, when I, about 10 years ago, the number was one in five don't have access. So, so infrastructure, um, considering uh, broadband infrastructure as an infrastructure, also parks and, rec- parks and open space during COVID, you know, we all wanted to get out and breathe fresh air. So the importance of parks and open space became really important. And the legislature in the last two sessions has sessions have in, has invested a lot of money in trails and greenways and open space. And then the last one, um, which we can talk about more later, is housing. You know, it's been decades coming, this housing, affordable housing, entry-level housing crisis. But I think that um, it's just that's become more of a, a top, top, top topic for North Carolina as well as across the country. And digging a little deeper into that question in the last minute here we've got before yeah. we go to commercial break, before AARP, you were where? Uh, with BikeWalk NC, so that's more transportation. So I mm-hmm. learned a lot of the housing stuff I know working with AARP. While you were with, while you were with, uh, no, with at AARP. Oh, at AARP. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't realize how important uh, or ha- what a shortage we had 
of affordable housing and smaller houses. And that's not just affordable meaning for people that don't have very much money, but you think about senior folks, most of our households now are less than two people in a household, like 50% are of our houses, of our families in North Carolina are one or two people. But all of our houses are built with more than two bedrooms, you know, 85% of the stock. So that mismatch, I didn't know mm. about that before. And that was ki- kind of eye-opening. And I'm, I'm experiencing myself. I have a big house, a lot of empty bedrooms. I want to downsize. And to downsize, it's basically the same amount of money for tiny space because everybody wants that smaller space so we just it's just taking it we're slow we're not quick to make the change we need to do with the changing demographics and Mm. so that's an important thing that that i think everybody's realizing now and housing is going to continue to become a bigger and bigger issue folks when we come back we're going to continue our conversation with lisa regal this is aarp without limits we'll be right back and we are back this is AARP Without Limits. Folks, just a reminder, we always love to hear from you. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a suggestion or a recommendation for a future topic or guest that you'd like us to feature here on AARP Without Limits, please send us an email, Limits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with Lisa Regal, who is AARP North Carolina's Manager of Advocacy and Livable Communities. Uh, Lisa, when people think of AARP's advocacy work in the State House, I'm sure they've got their own ideas about what that looks like. What's it really like? What is a, a tip? If there is such a thing as a typical day, what is it like for you when you go down to the state house? Sure, I'll sort of start with the word lobby. So when we train our volunteers, we call we call them advocates, and I used to be a citizen advocate, but now I'm a paid lobbyist. So if you're pay, being paid to be an act um, an advocate, you're in a lobbyist. And it's interesting where that word came from. It came from the lobbyists hanging out in lobbies, waiting mm-hmm. to catch the legislators you know, when they're coming out of a meeting, when they're going to a meeting. And I hate to say it, but that's what my typical day in the state house is, is we sit around in the, or now we have to stand around in the halls because they took away the chairs. So, uh, we stand around in the halls waiting to catch, you know, the legislator coming back from a committee meeting or going to a meeting. And then we have a very short window of time. So you might wait an hour to talk to a legislator for 10 minutes. So you have to be succinct, get to the point really quickly. So that's what, what we do a lot is hang out. Um, another benefit of being down there is that we get to network and learn from each other. So the lobbyists are a great network. We help each other with bills. We let them know about the schedule for the legislature and what's what big bills are coming up. And then um, lastly, I, we sit around listening to committee he- meetings and to the session because that's where when bills are introduced – there's someone that's leading that effort that explains the bill, what it's trying to do. And then you can hear the other legislators ask questions. And you can see what are the obstacles, what are the pros and cons, and that helps us formulate a position. Are we going to try to defeat the bill, stay neutral, or advocate for the bill? So that's what a typical day, day is, is hanging out in the lobbies. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you, you described it the way you did and defined what were the origins of lobbyist, where it came from. And I know for a lot of people, unfortunately, it's a pejorative, right? They think, oh, lobbyist is like, you know, used 
used car salesman or lawyer or some or politician or something. When just so folks know, just as a reminder, ARP does not have a PAC endorsing candidates or anything like that. We do citizen lobbying, right? We go out and we talk about how issues actually really impact people's lives in in that real sense. Um, what do you think people miss? Aside from that, what do you think people misunderstand the most when it comes to our legislature or how to how to communicate yeah. with le- yeah. le- with legislators? I think a lot of people, when you look at the president or the congressional delegation, you know they they make good salaries. So one, I think a really abyss, a big misinterpretation is that our legislature gets paid fourteen thousand about fourteen thousand dollars a year. So it's not a lot. They're, they clearly aren't doing it for the money, and it's supposed to be a part time legislature. Um, but it really isn't. They wind up meeting a lot longer. So it's hard for someone to have a full-time job on the side. So I would say that's a surprising thing, that they don't get paid much and they work really hard, which I, it's, I find it really hard. I'm just amazed that people want to serve because I've thought about it. But when I look at the schedule and the lack of control over your schedule and when you need to be here in Raleigh, um, I, I'm just really thrilled. We should all be thanking them for their service. Mm. So I do think they're doing most, you know, I think they're doing it for the right reasons. And um, I think they get along more than you see in the press. You know, in the press, you may see the one time someone slips up and says something kind of negative or nasty. But most of the time they're in the, in their, in the session where people can hear and they're joking with each other across the aisle, having a lot of fun. And you've had you've had legislators on this show that really talk about the bipartisan work that they do to get bills done. So I think mm-hmm. there's just a lot more bipartisanship and the really respect and fun than you see in the press. Mm-hmm. Just last week's show, we had the House Speaker Tim Moron, and he um, he had said that uh, ninety roughly he would estimate ninety five percent of the um, of the bills that they work on are actually bipartisan, mm-hmm. and, and people are so surprised, would be surprised to learn that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa, as, as sad as we are to see you retire right now, it's coming at the end of what was a really big year for, for North Carolina. Medicaid expansion was passed, which was huge for our state. The state officially got put on track to become an age-friendly state, which was several years in the making. How do you feel about this past year? Um, what, and what else stands out to you um, as far as this being your, your, your last year of working with AARP? Yeah, it's ha- trying. I don't know if any of you out there are thinking about retiring or have retired recently. It's a big decision, and I've made it easier that we had such a good year. And because having such a good year, we've attracted a lot of new volunteers. So I feel like between the staff and these amazing volunteers that the good work will continue. I feel good we got a lot done. There's only... Only about 80 bills, so or plus or minus, passed when 1,700 were were filed, and and we had a lot of good things in there that passed. So I feel good about that. Um, and I also know AARP makes it easy to come back. We've had two employees come back as as big time volunteers. So I know there's always a way for me to stay engaged. So I'm not afraid. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people retire and they wonder what they're going to do or how to add meaning to their life, but. ARP, you know, I, I work with volunteers, retirees all the time, so I can see how they are able to enjoy life and yet still stay connected, still have meaningful lives. So it's made it, unfortunately, you've made it easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. You know, the volunteerism piece is so important to us, as you know, of course. 
so much of what AARP does would not be possible if it weren't for our volunteers. I mean, they just take the lead. They bring so much to the table in terms of their expertise, their understanding of the issues, their skill set, their soft skills, their ability to be able to communicate and to engage people, uh, to have their ear, ear to the ground and really know what a community um, needs. And I remember, and I've told this story on this show a few times already before, uh, when I first came to ARP, I had this picture in my head about what's retirement going to look like for me. And I always had this picture in my head, well, I'm going to be on a beach somewhere and there's going to be sand between my toes and I ain't going to be doing anything. I'm just going to be relaxing and, you know, drinking a Mai Tai or something. And then I discovered these amazing people at AARP who are living the life that they, for some of them for the first time, for the, uh, living the life that they want to live. They can choose where they spend their time and their energy, how they use their skills and their talents, and they're making a difference in the way that they want to. They're expressing their values, what they really care about through the work that they do. So I've got to ask for you, and I don't know if the answer to that is volunteerism, what's next for, for Lisa Regal? <laughs> That's the big question I keep getting. I think what you're saying, my first thing is for at least a couple months, I'm going to do nothing mm-hmm. and then organize my house. And But then I really... Um, I want to just look at all the different opportunities there are and see what is the most important to me. Uh, in 2022, I worked on the Healthy Aging Task Force and I learned a lot about what it is to age health, you know, successfully and, and have a healthy life. So I want to try to put some of that to work, you know, mm-hmm. things like brain health, keeping your brain healthy and um, saying, even staying socially connected, having more time with friends and family. So, so, you know, kind of practice what I preach. If I've been telling everybody how and what we need to do to make sure everybody can live a, live a healthy, uh, productive life um, as they age, I want to do that too. So that's what I'm planning to do. Oh, great. <laughs> Any final words um, to share um, as you look back? Or, or, again, any other words for, for others who may be considering volunteering for ARP or, or other organizations as well? Yeah, I think, you know, I just find that the when I talk to people, because I've been doing a lot of talking over the last year, um, that people live longer and are happier when they have purpose to their life. And so I just, you know, ARP is one of many venues, but it makes it really easy to have Uh, you know, to contribute. So it's just if you want an easy um, way to volunteer, and we have so many different options that, you know, check it out, but there's there's plenty of opportunities. So just just give back to your community because we need the expertise and time that older adults provide us. Great. Well, in the last moment we have, Lisa, um, as the State Director of ARP North Carolina, I want to thank you uh, for all of your work. You are one of the smartest, most hardest working people I have ever had the pleasure of working. Uh, you've always kept the staff on our toes. Uh, you've always been very honest uh, with with what you bring to the table. But also, if you don't know something, you know, you, you never fronted with that. You're always very honest about that. Um, and your commitment is to, to the work and to making an impact um, really has resonated throughout the staff. And it is a pleasure for me to call you a colleague and a friend and uh, know that you always have an ARP family. Uh, we wish you the absolute very best, and we love you, and we Aww. hope you'll keep in touch with us. Oh, so, Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being here. That is a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to wish all of you a very happy new year. We hope this year was everything you'd hoped it would be, and that 2024 is going to be even better for you. Thanks to Lisa Regal for being with us. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina, signing off.